franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with the business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Welcome to episode three of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. We're happy to have you today, and we want to follow up on our last episode where we were talking about some frequently asked questions, and one of the questions that we get asked so often is about how to fund a business. So we touched on it briefly um, in episode two, so today we want to dive in a little bit deeper, and we have some special guest joining us today. So I want to welcome Holly Behar and Shay Mora from FranFund, and they are one of our partner companies. So we're super glad to have you today. Thank you so much for having us. So happy to be here. And let me clarify when I say partner companies, they are not part of FranNet. They are just one of the companies that we work with to help our clients through any funding questions and any funding options and really give them advice and information on options for funding their business. Thanks for being here today. So, Shay, the first thing we want to do is we really want to dive into um, the SBA loan process. So I know there's two main types of loans that people use for the kind of franchises that uh, most of our clients buy. So uh, talking a little bit about the SBA Express, the regular 7A, and then um, we'll have some follow-up questions after that. Okay, perfect. So... SBA Express is really for your smaller loans. Um, Service-based businesses are not going to have a brick-and-mortar location that's going to involve a lot of construction um, or they're purchasing an uh, existing business. So that product cannot be used for build-out or an acquisition. So really, um, 150 and below, although some lenders will go as high as 350, but really the sweet spot is 150 and below. No personal collateral, which is what makes the product yeah. so um, great. And um, besides that, it's really a cookie cutter program. It's meant to fund quickly. Luckily, now that PPP is over, a lot of banks have you know um, wiped out their backlog. So we're looking at more average and normal timelines again. Oh, good. That was going to be one of our questions. So yes. tell us what average and normal timelines mean, <laughs> and quickly, because <laughs> that means different things to different people. Yes, sure. it really does. So we're really looking at about a 30-day turnaround right now for our express program. Now, borrower has to be motivated, so client needs to get their documents in, in a timely manner and be in a good place where they're committed to the franchise and ready to rock and roll. Um, but 30 to 45 days is what we're so seeing is right that, now. So is that for it to fund in 30 to 45 yes. days? Okay. So once it's approved in underwriting and the borrower jumps on their conditions, they can get that loan funded in 30 to 45 days. So once we submit it to the bank. So package is done. Frame fund has helped with all the documents. Now it's in the, on see. the lender's desk. At that point, it's going to hit that 30-day. Okay. It usually only takes a client about five days, so a week, to get us to do the documents. Can be same day, turnaround, or next day. Again, just depending on how motivated they are. Okay, great. So you talk about a bank and, you know, their involvement. Kind of what does Fran Fund do? How do they, you know, um, assist the client? Because, you know, a lot of clients will come to us and say, well, I have a local banker. You know, I want to go to him. And I kind of just had that 
recently and then local, local banker wasn't interested. So what are some of the advantages to having a company like Fran Fund really, you know, uh, kind of be the middle person for you, if you will? Yeah, great question. Um, last time I looked, so the stat may be a little off, but about 32% of clients or people that go to their local lender are declined or are approved. Mm -hmm. So it's a very low number that successfully get a loan through their local lender, especially if you're a startup. One of the main reasons why is because when you go directly to a bank, they can't give you any kind of consultative advice. So they can't tell you, hey, these cash flow projections don't look good. You need to change this, this, and this, or this business plan doesn't really sound like you know what you're doing. So they'll just slap a denial on it. Now they don't have that as an option anymore. Whereas Fran Fund, we really go in, pre-qualify them based on their financial position, make sure that they're teed up for the right type of funding. And then we not only have one bank that they're talking to, but we have multiple lenders that we can then connect them with to really get them a competitive and one of the best deals on the market. Yeah, I think that is key. So, well, and then to also help them, like you said, with their business plan, their projections, and then also their conditions yes. and, and really kind of looking over their conditions first to make sure they don't submit something erroneously that's going to kill their deal, right? Absolutely. We really do our best um, to give them very, very detailed consultative services all the way from the beginning to the end. So there are no negative surprises. So letting them know like, hey, these are things the bank is going to need to close. Make sure you stay on top of this. Hey, don't go out and buy a boat. Or, you know, we go over anything and everything that could be possible pitfalls. Good. Yeah, I think that's that's great because, you, you know, you touched on a little bit, but maybe expand on a little bit more. Certain banks like certain types of loans, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, you kind of know maybe which banks have funded that business in the past, especially if it's a franchise or, you know, maybe something similar that might have a greater interest than another bank. Mm -hmm. So then the franchisee is not having to go to five or six different banks yeah. and go through their process to try to find one that's going to be interested. Exactly. And, you know, something that we love to be able to say is that we pre-shop our deals before we provide a pre-approval if we have any doubt that we may have an issue getting that deal done. Maybe it's a brand new brand that has zero units and we need to make sure we have lender interest in it. Or maybe client fills two or maybe three out of the four qualifiers. And so we may have a little bit of trouble there. And we want to make sure we have good lender commitment before we push forward. So yes, we are making sure that we have lenders that not only are comfortable with the deal and are interested in it, but also that understand that franchise brand. And um, you know, we, we work with top 100 SBA lenders, they get franchising. So they're not going to create a lot of client frustration going, what's an FDD and where do I find this? They well, know the what to look for. The other thing that comes up a lot, which is really annoying to me, is you don't have any experience in this line of work. Well, that's why you partner with a franchise that's mm -hmm. going to hold your hand and train you. But a lot of the local banks will turn clients down for that. Very true. Yes. So tell us a little bit about, you told us about the Express, but there's also another popular SBA loan. Mm -hmm. So we have the standard 7A as well. Mm -hmm. That's going to be for your bigger deals. Um, usually the sweet spot is around 250000 mm -hmm. to $5 million. So these are better suited for your acquisitions, your build, uh, build out, um, heavy purchase of equipment, those types of concepts. And... You have more flexibility than Express as far as the terms. Um, not that the terms for Express are bad because they're actually pretty good with that no collateral. But because you have different lenders and they all have different internal parameters that they're going by, 
Um, they all interpret SBA guidelines a little differently. Yeah. You have some flexibility when it comes to rate, collateral, equity injection. Um, so there's a little more movement there as far as what maybe the client prefers yeah. um, and is looking for in a lender. So what are you seeing on interest rates, both with Express and a, a 7A? What, where are they kind of coming in at? Great question. So Express, again, is pretty cookie cutter. So because there's no personal collateral, and especially for a startup, it's a little higher risk, yeah. um, especially if you have a service-based business where there's not a ton of business assets to hold either. Mm -hmm. So right now we're looking at uh, Prime. So all SBA loans are based off of the Wall Street Journal Prime, which is currently three and a quarter, and then plus whatever the bank's rate is. Mm -hmm. So the max SBA, um, the SBA max rate that a bank can charge is 2.75. So we are looking at about a 6% rate right now. Okay. 7A, again, there's more flexibility there. Um, I'd say the range we're seeing right now on average on the bank side is 2 to 2.75. So you could be looking at a 5 and a quarter percent rate. Nice. Are there any, because of COVID, are there any industries that banks are not as apt to lend on right now or a little bit more leery of lending on right now? So, you know, I can probably say, and we heard it a lot, especially as COVID first hit, yeah. that there were certain industries out there that could just, that could not be done. We didn't run into that. We had lenders that continued to focus um, on industries that a lot of other companies and banks were not interested in. And we are continue to be able to get those deals done. Good. I will say, though, um, that some of the key points that lenders are looking at in a franchise are things like continuity rate, their overall performance, if they have any SBA data, how are those loans doing, do they have any terminations, if so, why, litigation. So we are seeing that lenders are really digging into the FDDs even mm -hmm. more, especially to see how they perform during COVID. So that's been really big. Well, and there's another, um, we're talking about lingo. So an FDD is a franchise disclosure document. I don't know if we clarified that. So that's what she's talking about. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so all franchises are required to create a franchise disclosure document because they're regulated by the government. And so that's what the lenders are evaluating. Um, lots of financial data is mm -hmm. in there. So I wanted to ask a question because we sometimes have clients come to us and um, want to pursue businesses and we ask them, you know, how do you plan to fund this? Well, I just plan, I'm going to get a loan. I plan to get a loan. Um, and they think that they might be able to get a loan for close to 100% of the amount of the investment. So share with us on average, I know it's different, but what do banks want to see from a lender in terms of liquidity and cash injection amounts? Yeah, so, um, you know, definitely two of your main qualifiers right there. So as far as equity injection, depending on the program, 10% um, is the minimum for Express. That's a hard SBA rule. They have to put in at least 10%. And then if they end up putting more money in that, that is equivalent to whatever their equity injection ends up being, but the requirement is 10% or more. 7A, um, for startups, we're looking at a range of about 15 to 30%. On average right now, most of our lenders are coming in in that 15 to 20% range. So I haven't really seen any lenders require 30% unless maybe um, they're really weak in an area and they just need to put more, put more money in. And but, that's of the total project amount, which correct. actually includes your working capital. So um, it's actually kind of great that that's built in. Mm -hmm. And that's a great segue 
to our next subject. So we've got SBA lending, but there's also other one, well, there's several, but Holly's here to tell us about another way to finance a project like this. And sometimes a lot of our clients do both of these things together. They'll do what Holly's gonna talk about for their cash injection piece, that 15 to 20 to 30%, and then they'll also do an SBA loan. So Holly, can you tell us a little bit how clients can tap into retirement funds to have a business? Absolutely. So a lot of franchise candidates are introduced at some point to a program, a ROBS 401k plan or a ROBS retirement plan. And ROBS stands for Rollover for Business Startups. So essentially what it does is allow an individual to access their retirement plan assets uh, tax-free and or tax deferred and penalty free, and essentially take that money and invest it into their franchise. So they take it out of Tesla or Coca-Cola, take it out of the market, and they're actually putting their money and investing it in their own franchise. So it's, it's a really good product. I think some of the things that influence a decision when they have both options on the table is the... Um, Rob's program is not brand specific. It's not really influenced by brand or industry, mm -hmm. things like that. It, there's not a credit qualification for this program. And then also our process takes about three to four weeks. So sometimes if there's a um, some sort of timeline that they're trying to meet, and then this pro uh, product may meet their needs a little bit better. So it's been around for a long time. You yes. mentioned it's rollover business startup, but there's still a lot of people who are not familiar with it and will ask, you know, is this legal? Um, and it was actually developed by the IRS, right? Yep. Yes, it has been in there. We have to carefully navigate the Internal Revenue Code to make sure that we're falling in compliance or that all of our plans that we put in place are in compliance. But it is uh, very much legal, very uh, more well-known. I have been doing this since 2008 when the IRS first kind of acknowledged uh, and put, and created the acronym ROBS. And over time, I've, I've had a lot less questions about, wait, how is this possible? People have become a little bit more familiar and definitely more comfortable with it. Well, I've actually had people go to their financial advisors who are not aware of this program or their CPAs, and... Um, it frightens the CPA or the financial advisor. So there's been many times where we've had to get those folks on the line with our client and y'all <laughs> to kind of sit down and go through this together. So um, knowing that there's some fear around this because people don't really understand it or haven't heard of it, can you kind of maybe walk us through like a scenario where you can tell us a story? That yeah, absolutely. I actually had a client that I was talking to this week kind of – he – is towards the end of his uh, life cycle of his business right now. And I looked at how we've helped him over the last eight years. And I think he's a really good example to kind of talk about. So he came to us in 2012, wanting to buy a franchise, looking at his options. I don't think he was uh, able to 
um, or for whatever reason, he chose the Rob's 401k rollover product. What we did for him is we created the C corporation for him and we created a 401k plan. The unique feature of our plan that we put in place is that he can take the, he's an employee of the corporation, so he can move money into the plan. And then the 401k plan can invest in that sponsoring company. So in his franchise. So he went through that whole process. Once his business is funded, then he utilized the, um, you know, funds to run the business. And as we got, I, I was kind of looking at his timeline about three or four years down the road when he was, things were really rocking and rolling. Um, we actually, he was able to utilize the retirement plan for, to maximize his retirement plan contributions. So it helped him fund his business, but it also was a great tool for him to be able to save, a great tool to be able to utilize for employees. Uh, I know employees are definitely influenced right mm -hmm. now by what kind of benefits you can provide yes. and a franchisee that has a, um, a retirement plan that they provide their employees is always something that we're finding more and more desirable. So again, he goes on and he called us last week and said, you know, his business was doing so good. It attracted a buyer. He is um, just now closing and essentially after he sells and pays off all his corporate obligations, the his net proceeds go back into the 401k plan. So just like kind of, as I mentioned earlier, if you were to buy a traditional publicly traded equity equity at $2 per share, sell it at five, you, you know, you just improve the value of your retirement plan assets. So that's what he's looking at doing. And he was, he was a great example because he, over those 10 years, he has, um, quite, he's done quite well. I would say he's more than quadrupled his money. So it was good to hear. So without breaking any laws, can you kind of tell us how much he rolled out and how much he's going to be rolling back in? Yeah. So this particular <laughs> client, um, no names. <laughs> yeah, no names. Uh, but he actually rolled over about $150,000, which is a really great, um, you know, it's, it's a good, uh, total project cost for this, yes. um, particular product, it's probably about the average that we see somewhere between $150,000, $200,000. And he sold his business and the net amount he's about to put back in his retirement is over a million dollars. In wow. eight years? Uh, yes, it's been eight years since 2012. Have you seen that kind of return <laughs> on the stock years. market? Or, I'm sorry, nine years. Gosh. <laughs> um, uh, quadruple in nine years is, is pretty good. So Yeah, it um, was, um, it, I mean, I'm, obviously he's a great success that's story. That's a good but story. Yeah. That's why when we were kind of preparing, I was like, what a great story that happened across my desk this week. But honestly, while we're having a math lesson, um, that's <laughs> even more than quadruple. You know, well, if it's over a million and yeah. he put in 150. Yeah. So I have, you know, um, it sounds like, woo, almost too good to be true kind of thing. Um, obviously, there's some, as you said, some requirements, you know, with the IRS and oh, those yeah. sorts of things. So lots of, um, uh, you know, steps that need to be followed for yes. it to all fall into place. But um, if somebody decides, you know, that they want to do this, um, one kind of thought process, I guess, that we have is it's really kind of a means of diversifying because you're taking potentially some money out of your current investments and, and and buying stock in your company and investing in yourself. Would that, would you agree that that's? Yeah, absolutely. That? I would say, and, and that's where it kind of, each client has to look at their, you know, their portfolio. And that's where some clients do decide, hey, I have a half a million or more dollars and I want to take a segment of it. Maybe they could fund the whole project with it, but instead they decide to leverage an SBA loan and just take 
part of that as the cash injection. So we have people that decide kind of all over the map on, on because it's all based on their own facts and circumstances. But absolutely, I would say it's a it's a good way to kind of put some control back in their own hands of the mm -hmm. entrepreneur themselves. So one last question that I was just thinking of for people to know um, and maybe understand, if they're employed and have a 401k, are they able to use those funds? That's a good question. Yeah, m most likely not. Mm -hmm. um, if you've made contributions to a plan and you're still working for the company, those funds aren't going to be accessible to you. So most likely what you're we're going to find most is the um, previous employer 401k or an IRA where they've been able to put money back. Gotcha. And then are there any kind of ongoing, um, there's some ongoing work that needs to be done with these plans, right? Like filing with the IRS, fees. So there is some work internally that Friend Fund helps the client do, Yeah, right? I kind of alluded to that since he's been a client for, of ours yeah. for so long. So I'm glad you brought that up. I've, I like talking about this part because I get to brag on my team a little bit. Um, so we do have third-party administration that's required. And basically because retirement plans are governed by the IRS and the Department of Labor, we have to be aware of where that red tape is and keep everybody in between the lines, right? So that's what we do for our clients. We help them maintain their compliance by filing their, you know, their 5500s, their 1099Rs, any sort of activity. And when they get to the point where they're ready to start maximizing their contributions and save for retirement, we help them through the conversations of what's the best strategy for them and how much money do they have available and making sure that they're going to pass all their compliance tests at the end of the year. So um, we do that. It's most uh, referred to as TPA or third-party administration as the ongoing fee to ensure. And, and it, it, I kind of compare it a little bit to what your CPA does for your corporation. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep you between the lines, but we just do it for the retirement plan. Gotcha. Well, I think that was a lot of information in a short Definitely. period of time about lending uh, without going too deep in the weeds. So if somebody has more questions for you, how do they find you? I would say the best option is really to go to framfund.com and uh, fill out one of our questionnaires and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. Awesome. So again, that is franfund.com, and they will be happy to help you with any of those questions that you might have about um, lending or funding a business. That wraps up our show today. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us, and we will look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.